Let me pray. We'll dig into our last part of Daniel. We're going to finish Daniel today. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll do a, a couple of special things, as I talked about. But then uh, for about three weeks at the end of September, we'll get a little slice of Revelation. And we'll finish our series on Empire, Way of the World, and we'll head on towards Advent. Do you guys believe that? Christmas will be here soon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, this body. Give us the grace to hear from your word. Give us the grace to see this tension we live in between loving the world too much and not caring at all, being too fundamental in some ways, but also being apathetic. Let us walk the Calvary road, the middle road. Let us follow this, the example of your son and his teachings. In Jesus' name, amen. I usually don't preach in shorts if you're looking here, but today I had to, so that's how we do it. You know what I mean? So we'll go with it. So we've been in Daniel for seven weeks now. This will be the seventh week. And the whole point of this series, mini-series, sermon series, was how do we live as exiles? Because I'm an American, I'm a Johnson, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus or the way he's prescribed, the kingdom way. And with those four realities of who I am, I'm pulled in like 15 different ways usually, right? But what we've been learning is, in Daniel, there's examples of men and women, but men are the examples here, people of God living faithful to Yahweh while being a part of a Babylonian empire. They didn't go to the hills and store water and get other supplies, yet they didn't go practice all the Babylonian pagan practices and go, to heck with Yahweh, he led us into what? Exile, I'm going to do what I want. There was a way in which they lived a faithful life to their God, as we are called to, to live faithfully to Jesus. If you've been paying attention for the news the last two years, America is starting to take on more of the traits of Babylon every year, right? We're insane, by the way. Pray for, America. Pray for us all. Let's just say it that way, right? Our culture is insane. But we are still, the people of God are called to live the way of Jesus faithfully. So we, in a way, live in exile because this is not our what? Home. If this is our home, Elon Musk and Larry Ellison win, and I'm going to, Tesla and Oracle guys win, right? They've made it, and I'm a nobody. But the point of today's sermon is for us to see that we're loved by God in Christ and for us to wait on his timing just as they did. So quickly, I'll do it probably for the last time. We are called to live in the tension between Jeremiah 29, go live where God has you, get married, have kids, get a job, do well for the city. And the other part in the New Testament we saw was 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things of the world. They are passing away as long as, as well as, as with its desires and the lust of the flesh and the eyes. It does not last forever. So that's the middle road Jesus wants us to walk in. So Russ read a couple verses. We have it. Daniel chapter 9. Again, if you remember, Daniel was not written in chronological order. You want me to really blow your minds? Alexander the Great is in Daniel chapter 8, even though Alexander the Great lived 400 years after the events in Daniel happened. Now you guys are really confused, right? The events in Daniel happened in the 6th century B.C. It was written in the third century BC. So you should gasp if you're, don't freak out. Okay? That's the way it was recorded through the oral tradition. 
but we actually see the Greek empire rise. We're not going to take it there. Maybe we'll do a Bible study about it. It's pretty interesting. But Daniel chapter 9, Russ read it. I'll try and pronounce the names as well as he did, right? In the first year of Darius, the son of Alharis, by descent a Mede, he was made, who was made king over the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the numbers of years according to the word of the Lord, Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. I'm going to reset it for one minute. Daniel and his people were taken into captivity in the year 587 B.C. When Daniel 9 occurs, it's been 65 years since. You ever gotten any really bad news, Josh? Like school, huh? What if your professor said, I'm going to give you the hardest course, the most work, I'm going to put you to the test, but it's only for four months. You'd be like, oh my gosh. And then your parents were wise, or we would come by and all of us and go, Josh, it's only four months, bro. It's 120 days. Deal with it. Like, grow up. No, I wouldn't, we would never say that. <laughs> never say that. So Josh bears down, and he gets hammered. For the first time in his life, he gets a C. But he studies, and he gets his grades up, and he's doing well. What's four months? Is that or 16 weeks? In week 15... I actually come to Josh and say, how you doing? And Josh is like, this has been hell, but guess what? I got one more week, <laughs> and I am good. I see the light at the end of the where? Tunnel. I'm good. That's what this stage is setting, Daniel 9, 1 and 2. In this time, 65 years later, Daniel is remembering and he's thanking God and on the top of his mind, what is Daniel doing? He's a faithful man. He's been a leader. 70 years is almost over. I've made it 65 years with these turkeys. I can go five more. So Daniel starts to pray. And have you ever done this? Pastor's done this. When something's almost done under your perception, when you think that the end is near, you start to pray these amazing prayers sometimes. And Daniel prays this way through most of the chapter. It's a prayer of repentance. I think his repentance is genuine, but he says things like this. Lord, we were wicked people. We sinned, and it was right for you to take us into exile. That's a bold prayer, right? Why is Daniel praying like that? Because the light is at where? The end of the tunnel. I'm all good now. I'm on house money. Lord, in our iniquity, you were merciful to us. And then it winds down. It's this beautiful prayer of repentance. And at the end, this is how I catch myself praying too sometimes. And Daniel is genuine, but there's a twofold message here. Then Daniel does the Bible student or seminary student approach. And Daniel starts to remind God who he is. God, remember, you're merciful. God, remember, you're good. God, you remember, you love mercy over sacrifice. And so Daniel starts to do that in this prayer. You ever done that? In your time, maybe praying or conversing with the Lord or reading the scriptures, have you ever told God? And that's good. We should pray in that way, but we should make sure our hearts are right because God doesn't need Pastor Dave or anybody else to remind him of his goodness. The fact that I have breath in my lungs is a reminder, right? So that's what Daniel does. Toward the end of this prayer, 
the archangel Gabriel shows up. Gabe's a big dude in heaven. He has some cool roles, all right? We see him all over the scriptures. And he shows up, and he goes, hey, Daniel, the moment you started praying, the throne of heaven sent me to come clarify some things for you. Let me read it so you can hear it. We don't have it on the screen. That's my fault. So just listen. Daniel 9, verse 18. Actually, I'll go down a few. That was Daniel's prayer of repentance. Daniel 9, verse 21. Daniel says this. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision in the first, came to me swift at the time of the evening sacrifice. Verse 22, Daniel 9. Gabriel made me understand, speaking with me, saying, Daniel, I have come out to give you insight and understanding. And we go, what? That's great. Give me some insight. I want you to know angels never appear to the pastor when he preaches or when he prays. I don't know about you, but the news that Daniel gets, maybe it's a good thing. Gabriel goes on to say, when you were given the number 70 years, it was a twofold prophecy. You're not going to be here just 70 years. You're going to die here in captivity. And it's actually 70 times 7, the years that have to pass. At that point, Daniel, who has been devout, who's been a good leader, who's been fair, who's walked with integrity, shows great grace because I would have lost it with Gabriel. <laughs> I would have absolutely wrestled with him and been broken, maybe like Jacob way back when. <laughs> but the point was, Daniel's like, so be it. But the message that comes is one of utter disappointment, no doubt, and clarification. You ever been there? You ever been crushed even by your faith in the Lord that you believe and God's confirmed and for a moment he says, stay child. It can be almost debilitating and it can be a real waver with our faith sometimes. I mean, Daniel should have said, are you sure you're an angel? <laughs> Do you have some ID? That's what I would have said. Are you a demon? <laughs> like, because demons are angels. Where are you coming from, man? You know Yahweh or you know Lucifer? Because my heart's been ripped out. I was ready for this to end, and you're saying, hold on. Immediately, the human mind goes to, what did Daniel do? Nothing. This was God's way. This is what we find in Daniel 9. Verse 23, Daniel 9. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, the word went out, and I have come to tell you, this is what I've come to tell you, Daniel, I'm not going to fully unpack all of the end time stuff that we have now. I'm not going to give you all the plans, but look what Gabriel says. When you started praying, your pleas for mercy and grace went out, I was sent, and this is what heaven wants you to hear, Daniel, you are deeply loved. That's the scripture. Daniel 9, 23. Go look it up at home this week. I know things aren't working out the way that you thought because God's doing much more. But Daniel, you are deeply loved. And maybe a more modern translation, 
Be patient with God's plan. And so Daniel hears this, and like I said, he's very gracious. I wouldn't have been gracious. You ever, you ever hear someone go, I love you genuinely and wholly, but the news that comes is not what you want to hear, so you don't even hear I love you. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm over that. I got an issue with you. And Daniel receives that word from heaven and almost resigns and goes, yeah, God does love me. And we'll get to it towards the end, but he almost walks out this Romans 8 faith where nothing can separate me from the love of God. Height, depth, any created or uncreated thing, nothing can pull me from God's love. And then he kind of walks into, that's how I know that all things will work together for my good because of my faith in him. And so Daniel gives us this beautiful picture of what it looks like to be patient with God and his plans. But notice what Gabriel says, the first thing, there's some wisdom here. If you ever have to bring tough news to people, don't lie, but reaffirm and encourage them first, right? Kayla, I'm for you and I love you, but we gotta talk about this. And that's what the angel does. That's the message from heaven. Daniel, you're deeply loved, now let me tell you the unfolding plan of God. So this thing 70 times seven comes up. If you are somewhat familiar with your Bible, you should be like, oh, I've kind of heard that before. Gabriel says to Daniel, it's not 70 years. It's more like 70 weeks of years or 70 times seven. Remember way back in the beginning, we studied it. After Cain did his thing, there was a, there was an unspoken judgment where if Zelda were to hit me and it was unprovoked, I could repay her seven times. I would never do that, but that was the word on the street. Carol comes up to me and steals $20 from me. I could steal 140 from her seven times. Not bad. It's good math, right? I got, I studied a little bit on the math, right? <laughs> Lamech comes along, this other guy, this brute. Remember, we kind of saw it last, couple, maybe a year ago. He pronounced, <laughs> you guys are soft and weak with your seven times. If anybody strikes me, I will repay them 70 times seven. So revenge, the first thing we see with revenge in the Bible is it gets ramped up by humankind and it goes from seven times to 490 times, which literally means infinite, which literally means I'll come to your village and take care of all of you. And then we see judgment in the book of Daniel. God's people were disobedient and they were being judged in exile. And the same thing comes with judgment. God has overseen it, but man has owned this. The wages of sin is what? I've earned this judgment in many ways. Judgment is 70 times seven. So revenge and judgment biblically before Christ shows up are infinite. Ooh, who wanted to live back then? I did not. I know living now is hard. But then Jesus shows up. The man who would be the picture of the words from Gabriel. What was the word to Daniel from Gabriel? You are deeply loved. John 3 says what to humanity? 
you are deeply loved by God through Christ. Turn and believe in the one who will hang for the sins of the world. That's God's love coming. That's God's pronouncing from heaven. Love is here. Believe, receive, be forgiven, be cleansed and walk and go walk in his way. So Jesus shows up and does many things. Teaches about the kingdom. Remember the kingdom, the kingdom. And Peter likes to be Peter. And he says, Lord, to Jesus, suppose my friend sins against me seven times. Should I forgive him seven times? Peter's trying to be very pious. He's trying to be the man. Jesus scoffs and goes, you need to forgive your friend 70 times seven because I'm here. Jewish people, ancient people, knew about revenge and knew about judgment. Their minds were blown with the grace and mercy of forgiveness, which is infinite in the blood of Christ, and that's what the kingdom is based on. So what revenge, what, we, what do we do with revenge? We recycle it endlessly. That's 70 times 7. That's infinite over and over and over again. Nancy, you got me? Just wait. My revenge is best served what? You guys know it. Cold. I will remember, Nancy. I will come turn off your air conditioning. Big party at Nancy's tonight, okay? I will turn off your air conditioning when it's really hot, and that will be my cold revenge or whatever I'll do. And then when it comes to judgment, Human beings, we will be judged. We've, I've earned judgment for my sin and the things I've done, yet with Christ coming, in a few moments we'll celebrate what he did with communion. Christ shows up and says, now a new commandment, love one another and this is my love to you. I will forgive you and ask you to forgive seven times 70, infinitely because of my blood. So there's a whole cycle going on, and this is the way of Jesus, not the way of empire in Babylon. What do empires in the way of the world built on? Money, sex, power, greed, revenge, and judgment, and many other things. I think our country, our empire, does it better than most. We're still an empire. Even as a country, we still make wrong judgments, right? What were Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount? When you have to judge, when it's come to that point, do it with all the mercy you can muster. So this new way, this new kingdom, Jesus is cutting off this cycle of revenge and judgment, and he says there's a new way. And he tells us this through his life, his teaching, and namely his resurrection I'll say it, death and resurrection. Last part, and we'll take communion. Daniel 12, verse 13, it's right here for you. Daniel rested for a few chapters. Again, he's very gracious. He starts to understand that, okay, I'm not gonna do. Just so you know, anyone who's calling God a liar, after 70 years, there was a small contingent of Jews, Hebrews, about 2%, 1.8%, we think, which were allowed to go back to Jerusalem and allowed to start to kind of gather the temple and try and worship God there. So again, it was a twofold prophecy. But look what the angel says. This is Michael, by the way. Michael shows up too. So Daniel got both, both archangels, right? He's, they're really trying to communicate. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Most people want to focus on this with 
Daniel and Revelation. Most people want to predict the end times with Daniel and Revelation. And here's an interesting caveat. If someone wants to predict the end times through Daniel and Revelation, I usually won't listen to them because they're wrong, because Jesus said they're wrong. But I might listen to them if they predict it out of their lifetime. You see what I did there? Most people with the end times decoding stuff always predict the Lord's returning in their lifetime, and it's usually imminent. Why would they do that in 2016, 17, 18? They sell books. They got big conferences. <laughs> so if someone goes, I think it's going to be 22, 27, I'll sit down and talk with them and go, we're all going to be dead, so let's talk about it. But most people <laughs> want to do it right now to go, hey, guys, you're visiting. Why don't you come to my seminar? Let me, let me take you this way when the true message of Daniel and I think Revelation is how do we live as exiles awaiting our Savior. So last here, do you see that last little part? And you shall rest. You're going to die, Daniel. <laughs> You're going to die in exile. That's tough. But go your way till the end and you shall rest. And that's the part that I want you to see. And shall stand in your allotted place. Only a couple times in the whole, whole Old Testament we see this theme of resurrection. Daniel, you're in your end times. You're an older man. I'm in my end times. I'm probably not getting out of this thing physically alive. I'm probably going to die. You probably will too. But the encouragement here through this whole book was be faithful to Jesus, live as an exile, do the things that you've been instructed here, follow Jesus, and take comfort and take rest that you are loved in his blood and you will be risen again with him one day. That's what it means. You shall stand in your allotted place. You will be redeemed fully. You will be resurrected, Daniel. There will be an inheritance for your faithfulness in Christ. We see resurrection in Daniel. We see three major themes. The Son of Man, Jesus, the King that he will build, and what? Resurrection. So at the end of this book, Daniel might be a little melancholy, but the angel, Michael, says, take comfort. He's already been told he is loved. And what? You will receive your reward. Resurrection, Daniel. And that's the beautiful part of the end of this book. Again, Daniel shows us how to live a patient, faithful life while in a foreign land. Christian, even American Christian, we are in a foreign land. God is asking us to remain faithful and be patient. There's an old saying, God is not in a hurry, but he always shows up what? Right on time. How is the empire we live in? Is it very patient? <laughs> Go watch a commercial today. You need it now. Actually, you needed it yesterday. She already slowed the game out. She, her eyes went up, right? You needed it yesterday. Come on, chop, chop. Does it, does our culture put in high esteem, waiting and being patient? No. We're actually driven to be impatient and go, go, go. So we, just as Daniel, needed a counterscript. Daniel's counterscript was faith in Yahweh, the Old Testament scriptures. Our counterscript is the gospel. The life teachings, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has told us, you are loved. That's what we're going to celebrate. Church, we are loved in Christ. He shed his blood for you and for me. 
He did away with vengeance and judgment can be appeased by faith in his blood. And that's what we'll celebrate. In a moment, our music team will come up. We'll pass the plates. I'm sweating, so I know you're hot, okay? We'll take both elements at the same time. Our trays have cup and bread. Feel free to take the elements and sing the song or pray. But this is the love God provided for us. His son not being spared, revenge and justice being satisfied on the cross, and Jesus dying and raising again, and then saying what? Hey, come follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'll walk with you. I love you. Let me pray. And music team, you can come on up as I pray. And it started out about 80 in here. I think it's about 90 now, huh? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this book written many years ago. Thank you for the timeless truths. Thank you for the way that you saw to deal with sin and revenge and judgment and hate and anger. Thank you that your son came and bore those for us. Thank you that we are loved. In this time, I pray that we could celebrate his life and his death and his resurrection. Thank you for your goodness, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.